Welcome to Euphoria Season 4, Episode 2. As always, we are available on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. I thought uh, Yamato was always going to do this intro. No, we just did it the one time. Mm. I mean, unless Phil wants to edit it back in. Phil? We... <laughs> to be fair, Yamato recorded that like on his iPhone in his bedroom. So I think like we, if we're gonna use it over and over again, we need to bring him back. Uh, reminder: we still owe two G two members a bet. Uh, the cosplays are being made; they'll happen after Rift Rivals. Quick Shot's also getting a tattoo, and we'll work on some new bets for this season. We're gonna talk a lot about a lot of different stuff today. Um, but first off, I do want to welcome our guests, the greatest mid laner turned bot laner in League of Legends history. It's very easy to call you that because I think you're the only one. Yeah, yeah. We've had we've had bot laners turn junglers. We've had mid laners turn junglers. For some reason, people always go to jungle as their second role. I've had a bot laner turn mid lane. Who was that? It was Uzi for one split. <laughs> that sounds awful. He was awful <laughs> at it. <laughs> All right, anyway, welcome, yeah. Perks. Uh, how are you? How, how's everything in the G2 house? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm good, you know. I can't really complain, right? <laughs> uh, I think, um, personally, now I'm, like, feeling a little bit tired. From mm. like, not from like lack of sleep. Waking up early. No, 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 no. I'm feeling like in general tired. But yeah, I'd be tired because uh, this Euphoria guys woke me up early to do a well, We woke you up early and then the cab was like a half hour late. So you just <laughs> have to like stand in front of your house. So shout out to German cab companies, by the way. Uh, but yeah, in general, I'm just feeling a bit tired from like the nonstop playing, I guess. And I, So you're talking about like burnout, yeah? Yeah, a little bit, yeah, I guess. I mean... I'm really, because like usually happens sometimes, you know, but I realize it and I'm like just, but this time it's like, I'm just like a little bit more tired, you know? And like, it's like, I haven't really had a break for like, since I came pro. And even before that, because 2015, uh, I was, uh, 2015 summer split, I was playing Challenger Series, like trying to like be good, right? In Challenger Series. So even then, like I didn't really have like a break. So basically for like four years now, almost, I haven't really had a break. So can you like, because uh, people throw around the word like burnout, but I don't think they actually really know how intense your guys' schedules can be. And I think you just gave like a great example of like since the last like four to five years, you haven't had a break. Can you like, when was the last time you had like a vacation? Can you remember a time when you had like a weekend off? Oh like, yeah, I mean, I, the... I remember, I remember that, but it's like, it's not really like, because I went to, I went to Gran Canaria to visit Mitty uh, this December. And I was like, swim, I mean, we were like surfing and swimming in December. And I was like, a shock to me. And I was like, wow, I can do that in December, you know? So that was really <laughs> nice. Uh, but that was like only for four days or something, right? I haven't yeah. like had like a, let's say like even like two weeks off of like just completely like resetting my mind of something. Because every off season, there's been something to do. Yeah. But now it's like we have this team for three years signed. So... Oh, I'm look, I'm kind of looking forward to the offseason already, you know? <laughs> I mean, you don't really, to be fair, I mean, the League of Legends schedule, uh, one of the criticisms is always levied against it is that it's very dense, and it is very dense. And the problem is, if you want time off, you have to be worse, Perks. You just have to suck. That's the key. You just can't make worlds, and then, then you're going to have a uh, lot of time off. I can't, I can't do that, unfortunately. <laughs> That's not in my blood, so I have to just keep trying. Um, does it feel weird? coming back as like MSI champions? Does it feel real yet? Because when we saw you after the finals, I know the SKT victory was like huge for you. And I know the Team Liquid victory felt like, le- like it was less meaningful than that SKT victory. I know you guys talked about that. But is it, does it feel like it's set in yet? Do you feel like you wake up every day like, oh yeah, I'm an MSI champion. We're the best team in the world. Or does it, does it not feel real? I mean, it's not if it feels real or not. It's more like, uh, it's not, I don't really feel like it's that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Because I, uh, uh, I told you that. I mean, the only thing that feels like surreal is like the conditions that we went through to do that. You know, because we haven't really played with Mickey for like two and a half months or something, right? And then we literally played like was it one or two days before MSI. We played I think two days of scrims with him, and one day we were like inting, one day we were doing well, because like yeah, we haven't really played together, and. Then we go on stage and we are playing all these matchups that I kind of know how they go because I've been playing a lot of solo queue and screams. So I would just be telling Miki, yeah, we pick this here, we pick this here, we do this, and it's fine, you know. I, I'm like, I trust you, you will you will do well, you know, no matter what, no matter what the matchup. And it was going very, very well, right? So the fact that and some other circumstances that I can't really talk about in the spring split, but yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, it's it's just a, it's just a, that, that that's the insane part. But I always thought like I mean the reason why 
we we made this team is because I thought this this is gonna be our this I thought we could do this right. I mean, granted, it's like a little bit early because we are only three months together. So yeah, the circumstances are insane part, but yeah. the fact that we actually won is not that surprising to me because of how well we are doing. Do you, so there's always this conversation about like Western players. Um, I'm sure you've heard some of the quotes, especially from like mythy old teammates where he's like, you know, now I realize that we can win. It felt like so many Western players just decided that world's MSI and international title was just never going to be on the cards for them, that the best they could do was like get there and like maybe make an upset or something like that. Um, like how, where, are you like the only Western player left that was like, no, we can still win Worlds? Or do you think that the rest of G2, like this iteration of G2 came together? Because if you asked Wonder, if you asked Yankos, if you asked Mickey, that they all said the same thing. Like we can actually win an international title. Oh, well, that's, that's, that was kind of sad, right? Because that's big reason why we split up. And that kind of like hurt, hurt me back then a lot because... I mean, I was just like a, a kid, and I thought I thought we were really good, and I thought yeah. I thought we could win. And uh, I think Sven was the only one from that iteration of G2 that also thought and strived for like actually winning internationally. And I feel like the others were trying; they were trying hard, but they didn't actually believe in it. And if you don't actually believe in something you're doing, then you're probably not gonna be getting it. You know, you have to like dream dream big to make it big, right? Mm. And I wouldn't say I'm the only player. I mean, I don't know what other players write, but I, I know that Caps, for example, because I spoke to him. That's that's uh, summer split 2017. We like we spoke at a final. I mean, he was playing third place. I was playing final, and we we were like talking, and he was asking me like, why why do you think that uh, why do you think that EU teams cannot beat Korean teams? Like, like why do you think Koreans are better than 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 Western teams or something? You know? I'm like. I don't really know, right? You know, I I don't know why, but I, I want to beat them, you know. And he's like, he wanted to beat them too. So, the fact that he was very successful last year and I was successful the two years before, kind of made me think that if we were to play together, and I already told that Yanko and Munde were like very very good, right? Yeah. And Miki was just like a cherry on the top. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I mean, I think everyone's impressed. I think this is the first time. In European history, where like a super team has been has come together and worked from the start, and then also like done as much. I mean, no one's won MSI before, right? From Europe, this is like I mean, an this insane year. Is this like the ultimate super team? Because you even think about like KT Rolster, where they won domestically when they put together the super team, but then unfortunately fell to Invictus Gaming. Um, IG were never considered a super team in China. They were considered a very good team, but. It wasn't like, you know, the super team would have been if it was like Rookie, The Shy, Uzi, Mako. Yeah. Like I think like the first real super team. Yeah. Like the first actual super I, team. Yeah, where, like, people, think... where people aren't like, oh, on paper, this team should be good. People are like, on paper, they're good. On stage, they're even better. Like, it's, it's crazy. I'll, I'll stop. This is my European fanboyism coming through uh, a little bit. And we can, we can turn it from, we a, from a positive <laughs> to a little bit of a negative here. Um. We asked for Twitter questions. We also did a top 20 last week, unsurprisingly. Uh, a lot of people wanted to know. I how, hope you're ready to flame. <laughs> how you felt about our top 20 list. And a lot of people might have felt that you were a little bit too far down. Now, No, Frost, you have to say in voice of the Reddit comments. Um, Yo, Perks, how you feel about these trolls ranking you so low on top 20? Troll-ass ranking. Troll-ass ranking. So, <laughs> to be fair to Frostgren, she puts you as number eight. Uh, you were below Kabi in the 80 carry tier list. I put you as number 13, um, which after your first week's performance feels a little bad, but I, I, I will accept my do my dues here on this one. This one. Who did I put him below? I think I put him below Broxa, Kabe. No, it wasn't below Broxa. It was literally, it was, it was Nuke Duck, Kabe, and then those were the only Cabo two. Shard. Cabo Shard. Well, we're killing one of those. We're the only people that weren't G2 players that you were below. I put you below Hillisang, which feels bad. But to be fair, you've said it on your stream, there is an S-tier Hillisang out there. He just no, sometimes shows true, up. Yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to defend myself as much as possible before you like destroy me. I'm like, please, please. Uh, but how do you feel about the rankings? Well, I will go easy on you because I haven't actually watched the video. So I don't really, I don't really know what... I mean, when I, when I saw the... Because I saw the rankings, someone, someone told me from my team or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, but I didn't really see, I didn't really see explanations or reasonings why, yeah, but yeah. I was like, 
Honestly, I was really shocked, you know. And, yeah, yeah. and the player is like confident, and yeah, I do have sure. ego. So were you shocked about I, thirteen or eight? I, <laughs> honestly, I was shocked about both. <laughs> All right. I mean, the thirteen right. one, I actually thought it was like prank. I actually <laughs> thought that that must have that must have been a prank. That was like All I, right. That was actually like I think maybe you were just getting at me for some reason. I didn't know, really know. See, I didn't really know. I just why. hate it when you call me Chiefer. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Really know. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's the reason why. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, okay, I will, I will start elaborating a bit. So, it was fine when I was being called not the best when we were winning Europe and stuff, because mm-hmm. that's fine, you know, I, I'm a new role, it's a new role. People don't want to accept that I'm better than them in only three months of playing. And that that's okay, you know, that makes sense. And uh, But after winning MSI, that's like, honestly, that I felt really disrespected because to win MSI, there is no way that you cannot all be the best in your, in your role. I mean, or like mm. at least in your region, at least in your region. Because I, re- I remember a situation in 2017 where uh, like SKD won MSI and Wolf was not getting rec- recognition that he deserved. Yeah. And pro players, and like I was especially asking Mitty, like, what do you think about like Wolf? Is like really good. And he's like, yeah, he's way better than other people who were saying, like, people saying Mata, Gorilla, blah, blah, right? They're like the better Korean supports. But Wolf was actually like really insane from pers- pro-, pro, perspective, pro player perspective. But he was not getting the recognition he deserved because of the narratives or the player histories or whatever, mm-hmm. because he was a newer player and he was winning. But so it kind of reminded me of that, of that, of that sense. So, but it's like, it's fine. I just have to, I mean, it's, it's an opinion, right? So it doesn't matter in a big picture because I have like, I have enough ego of my own to, to like ignore it. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of, I felt a bit disrespected. Yeah. Do you right. think that if you took anyone from the G2 roster and you subbed in any of the other top players that the roster gets better, or do you think it only works in, like, its perfect, like, situation? The, the, there is also something that I was reading, that I, like, glanced at, the, like, Twitter or something, and I, I don't know where I saw it, but it's, like, people were saying that you can remove a player and be a top team, but that's not how it works. For some teams, maybe, but to win, to win an MSI, that's, like... You, no one really understands that everyone on this team is just fit, just perfect together. It's it's like there is not one person you could take out and you, it could work as the same. There is just, it's not how it works. Every one of us on this team is just there because they deserve to be there and they are meant to be there. And yeah, that's, that's what I think. There, there, mm-hmm. there is no one you can take out and replace and it will be the same. I think so... To give you my logic, and you can add once again, this is more fuel for the fire. If you do want to flame me, I think in the oh, past, you already did. I mean, a little bit, yeah. But <laughs> I feel I feel like you softened it, which I sincerely appreciate. You could have absolutely destroyed me, but I feel like you uh, you, you softballed it, so I appreciate that. Um, I think anytime we look at a number one team in Europe in the past, like when Fnatic was number one, people were so quick to just make their top five players in Europe the five Fnatic members, right? And I think I'm very aware of that. And coming into this, I like really looked at G two, and I saw. I saw your high highs at MSI and I was like, that's fantastic. But I also saw your low lows. And to me, G2, the team, no doubt the best. Best team Europe's ever produced, right? But I was trying to think if, you, and this is the difficulty, right? Because at the end of the day, it's a team game. So how do I rate you as an individual? And my thing was, is that I'd seen some low lows. I'd seen some struggles. It felt like there were still some moments where either you and Mickey weren't on the same page or you know, there were parts where I, I could chalk it up to learning the role, but ultimately, I don't know. But there were some mistakes. And... Uh, and I didn't want to just slot you in there because your team was doing so well because it felt like there were just intangibles that weren't answered yet, right? Like, how good would you look if mages were never allowed in the bot lane again? How good would you be without some of the more spell-focused AD carries like Zaya, like Kaisa? Your Zion Kaisa, insane, by the way. Never said he couldn't play him. Got a lot of flame this last week for rating you so low. <laughs> um, and or Lucian's a good example too, right? And so it's just to me, it's like, I, I don't feel like I've seen you in the role long enough to rate you as highly. And maybe that's wrong, right? Because you also smurfed on some of the best AD carries in the world, right? Like you absolutely had those insane games. But you also like got stomped by Fong Blue Buffalo. And so I was like trying to put that together. So I will admit that 13 is probably too low. I will give you that. You should be top 10, no doubt. Should, should you be number like two or number three? Unless I'm also considering you a mid laner. I don't think, I don't think so yet. Maybe that's wrong. But I'll say that G2 Esports is definitely number one, and I should have put you in top 10. I guess I'm more so curious about the uh, mentality that, like, if, let's say, Invictus Gaming win, and it, if, like, Baolan is then the best support in the region, 
because that feels real bad to me. I'm like, there's because I think that's so interesting. Of you know, if if a team wins MSI, then all automatically and correct me if I'm uh, misrepresenting what you said. Um, that like all five are the best in their their role. Yeah. Okay. That maybe that maybe changes region to region, right? But like, let's say if an NA or EU team would win this, because like LPL, for example, as a region, I watch LPL and like their 16th team is probably better than Europe's 15th. And, and that's my perspective because they have 16 teams, right? Yeah. yeah and they're like, <laughs> no, you got it. <laughs> they're, they're like the bottom tier teams challenge top tier teams in the fact where they can actually take a series of them, not only a game, like two wins, you know, our best of three. And that's not easy to do against a top team. And in Europe, that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That that didn't happen before, and it doesn't happen here because that's not how it was. There's like th- three good teams, and then like three teams that could be that could beat them, and then there's like three teams that are like at the bottom, and they will not probably take games of you, you know. And for LPL, it's different, I would say, because yeah, I mean, like I watch RNG play, and and Uzi and Ming are just insane, right? They are obviously uh, like a level above other buttons there. Uh, so it would be unfair to rate them lower than them, right? But as for Europe, I, I to go back to the point like of Dracos, uh, like me and me and Miki were winning lanes against every botland in Europe, and it was like not even honestly. If you guys watch the games or if you guys watch the POV, it was pretty sad what was actually happening in some of these lanes, <laughs> and the games where we started losing was because we were all trolling as a team, not because Botnam was inting or I was inting, mm. because after we got, we were like, we had like, I don't know, thir- 12 and two, I think. And then we were like secured for first. The, f- the last two weeks, it was already done. As long as we are secured for first, our, our, we yeah. don't really try to, we try to relax more. And we were like, yeah, watching movies uh, every day, going, uh, going restaurant and just like relaxing, team bonding, you know? And then on top of that, I didn't scream with Promiscu at all. And we played on stage and played against like a really sweaty fanatic who were like stacking waves and diving <laughs> us. And our mid laner wasn't even saying that he was coming bot, you know? Oh, so like all this stuff happened because of a team thing. So when a team looks good, then it's better to perform good as well, if that makes sense. And when a team is not looking good, it's harder to perform good. And that's where maybe I could be better at, mm. like performing when my team is not performing good, you know? But we all like, we kind of like in together and kind of win together, if that makes sense, you know? I have like a lot of trust in my teammates, especially with Miki. And that's maybe like a bad thing as well, you know? But, yeah. but maybe it's uh, because it actually we won. So maybe it's a really, really good thing that I'm like not afraid to hit him, you know? Whereas like, yeah. if it's like Reckless and Hillisong, I'm just taking them because they're like, I think they're one of the better buttons in Europe. If Hillisong ins, Reckless will not int. Yeah. And that's how it goes, you know? Like, there is never a reckless inting. Besides the game, he went, like, zero time with Siever. But that's, like... <laughs> <laughs> and also that, like, he went zero time with Siever, and then he gets, like, top three. Like, how does it even make sense? You know, I, mean, I never I never ran it down so hard in my life that I, I, I get... And then he still gets put... Like, the performance of him didn't matter the first early split, but it really mattered the end of the split. But for me, the rankings of me matter because we lost some games in, in second half of the split. So it's I felt like it was really unfair the way... Casters were judging me. Uh, I didn't. I don't really mind the fans, but it's like mm-hmm. the casters are usually the like your brand. The, yeah, that's yeah. that's 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 the biggest problem of like pro players or in general players, right? Casters are basically your public image. Whatever casters say about you is what you are, unless like someone else says something better, like sure. players or someone someone who is like above casters in general, right? So yeah, that's pretty much it. Casters have a lot of influence on your on your image. So I think. That's actually really good, and we're going to do an episode later in the split, and if you'd love to come on, we can have you too, but we also, this is something we want to talk to Soaz about, because it's something that he brought up, because I think that this is like a really good discussion, um, but if we get into it now, I think we'll talk about it for like a half an hour, and there's, there's, we would definitely want to talk yeah, to you more about it. Yeah, we should probably not, we should probably not Yeah, because like there's that. a lot to be said there, right? Yeah, there, there is, But yeah. the TLDR is just like, it's kind of our job to have opinions, but I understand that like, if we have a bad or uninformed opinion how bad that can be for you because like yeah we get social i mean media i'm just saying that, like too. narratives because I, I never listen for example i never listen mm-hmm. to the cast but i listen to like a hat or something and then it's like 
You said something like the weak leak of Jinto, of Jinto. Oh and my, I was okay, like, let me defend that real actually, quick. Wait, what did you no, say? No, just just don't that just don't defend it. Like just stop it. It's fine. I, I was, just, it's just a narrative. I understand it. No, you no, know? it wasn't a narrative. But, it was literally you guys were so good. I was like, all right, if we have to find a weak link on G two, I guess it's perks. And I said it. Are you talking about when you were yes, saying the sarcasm? I was oh so my God. sarcastic. He literally and said I it in the most sarcastic way, as like a. G2 are so good, there's nothing you could do. So in just like a total, like the most like uh, f- f- uh, facetious thing he could have yeah, said, yeah, he was like, just well, I one. guess it's perks. You got to go through perks. <laughs> I it's guess you got to call perks the weak link. Because you had like one death in an otherwise and perfect game for Everyone took him entirely seriously. And then that's when I turned to Drake. I was like, I guess a huge portion of our audience don't have English as a first language, which totally makes sense. But like had to like we had to go back into our cast and like rethink about all of like our because we're like very sarcastic people mm-hmm. and it just like doesn't, doesn't connect. Yeah. And so, so yeah. now in all yeah, of our yeah, new cast, we see, never use sarcasm. Like the, I only see that the I don't see the videos. I just yeah. see like what someone writes. Right? Yeah, like the, the clip yeah. clipped out, which is fair. Like if you clip it out and then you just write the words I say without the tone, it does seem pretty bad. So I'll give you that. <laughs> Um, but that's enough of like the caster thing. I think like yeah. it's it's. Whatever, but I think it's right? like it, it makes is, sense. It's yeah, but it's also like a really cool discussion that I do want to have at some point because I think a lot of people have thoughts on that. Um, dang, what was I gonna say? Round this out. Um, things that I thought were were interesting is just in general rating players individually. To kind of wrap this up, I want to know if you do you ever like how much. How would you rate players individually if you have to rate players individually? How do you look at it? Because you talked about your team and how. Winning and losing is a team thing, right? Mm-hmm. You guys int as a team or you like stomp as a team, right? Is that just for G2 or do you think in general it's really hard to rate individual players on a team unless they're like, let's say, like actually just down 30 CS every game and running it uh, down? No, I mean, for me, it's very easy because I, I rate them when I play against them or when I see them play. I rate them by everything, like by the way they move in lane, the way they move on the map, the way they play team fights, the way their they draft the way they like just everything in the game i rate them by there is like not one detail that makes someone better than the other one there is just a lot of small details that makes someone better than mm-hmm. another one and that's i think a lot harder for do to do for casters mm-hmm. and even though i think that actually you casters in general are pretty good i like you guys i'm just saying the pro players have usually better input on how good the player is actually than a caster and so, that's yeah I don't uh, think anyone would ever disagree yeah, with you. I, think, I think at the end of the day. Um, I'm curious, though, um, as one final question, because I, I actually this is like we always want to get better as casters and want to give the best reviews that we can. How much of what you're seeing comes from your perspective in-game versus, like, let's say, watching a VOD afterwards? Because like the, one of the things that's cool about us having ProView now is that like it's very easy for us to go back and watch a, a lane phase and go, wow, this guy really up or this guy really popped off in this lane phase i will say that having access to ProView, i was watching lcs i will not name the player that i was watching the ProView on um but i had an instantaneous reaction of this player is garbage and i don't know how quickly you can get that read on it oh i can get it i mean i get it from the first two minutes of landing phase yeah from the first two minutes of landing phase i can say someone is good player or bad player and Oh my, the narratives of passive flare and aggressive flare, they actually have to stop. <laughs> That's the only way we can do it, because if he does it, trade on the CS. To, they have to stop. In 2019, okay. these narratives have to stop. There passive is no or aggressive passive player. or aggressive players. There is just good or bad. There is no lane player or teamfight player. There is just good or bad. So it's this narrative is like they actually trigger me. I think the most <laughs> like there is no. There's How do we put bad players good, into a bucket? Either Look. you are good or you are bad. There's just not much. I totally agree with you, but the problem is, is that we can't go and flame over half of our league. You know what I mean? No. Like it's fine for you to sit on like your G two kingdom where you guys are all laning <laughs> gods and be like, why don't they just tell it as it is? But ninety percent of our players don't understand certain matchups. And I can't just yeah. be as a caster, like, if I see someone who's, like, a very high-end player, like, a true. matchup, my ego's like... Got it. My ego's getting to me. <laughs> you, guys, you guys got me. My ego's getting well, to it's, me. It's fine. We'll it's talk. Fine. We'll talk more in the future. Um, <laughs> so, today's main topic is AD carry versus mid lane. You are okay. the only qualified person to have played, I think, both roles. Apparently, also Uzi, which I didn't know about, but we'll... So, when we'll, Tabe <laughs> retired, Uzi refused to play with any other support, so he was like, I'm gonna be a mid laner now. And so, he had oh, this had short story, inst... Yeah. Uh, int where he went into mid lane. He played Morgana and he played Vayne mid, and it was horrific to watch. All right. So before we talk about that, I do have one game that I want to play. Uh, longtime viewers of the show may just know this one. It's called Viable. So the concept is, I'm, I don't know, your coach, and you need to pitch me on a new champion that you want to play. Now you have four options of champions to pitch me. There is reworked Mordekaiser, the one that's not out yet. 
Nasus, Shaco, and Katarina. These are all champs that I think are bad. If one of those champions is actually good and Wait, you want to- Remember Mordecai said the new one? Yeah, the new one. I can already pitch you. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to give you 40, 40 seconds to do it. And you need to like sell it with passion and convince me. And whoever does it better will win. Wait, what was the other three? The other three is, so New Mordekaiser, Nasus, Shaco, Katarina. Okay, I'm not buying Nasus and Shaco, but I can do two. Even you can give me one. Yeah. I just need one. You yeah. get 40 seconds to give me one. Okay. Frostgarn, he's already got New Mordekaiser. Who do you want? Katarina, Shaco, Nasus. You got to think of, no, you got to tell me where you're playing it. You got to tell me what you're building. You got to tell me like how it's going to work. You got to give me everything. Okay, I can do Katarina and Mordecai, sir. You can do, I can do both I, of them in 40 seconds. Oh my God, I'm Seriously. ready. That okay, means you get no. Nasus and Shaco. Hold on, I got to okay. get a timer. I got to get a timer. Oh, I have to do Nasus and Shaco. Yeah, you get, well, you that's got, impossible. he's the pro Blake, player. You're, you're doomed. <laughs> that's going to be really trouble. Like, cross, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready? 40 seconds. Luca, you're gonna go first. Okay. New Mordekaiser, Katarina, <clears throat> go now. Okay, so the new Mordekaiser is gonna be very, very OP because it's a new champion and champions are always OP. I don't even know what it does, but I'm for sure gonna play it in the bot lane. <laughs> Probably gonna see it in LEC from me. And yeah, I'm gonna be one shotting some people with the new Mordekaiser. I think it doesn't even matter what you build, it's a new champion. So new Mordekaiser, for sure OP. Katarina. Well, Katarina is like hidden OP because you just have to like know how to lane with her in a way where you need to call your jungler and support so you can actually lane, I mean like for mid, right? And um, and then you get some, you get Hex the Gambit and then you're actually strong. But you need to play in like a match where you can actually play like I would say against Zoe or Syndra, some mages, mm -hmm. right, you know? And then it's actually quite Two doable. Seconds. So I think Katarina is good. Awesome, 40 seconds on the dot, dude, nailed it. I like that your Mordekaiser argument was just, Riot Games makes every new champion OP. He'll be OP, doesn't <laughs> matter, don't know what he does, don't care, don't need to read it, I'm just gonna pick him. That's great, the balance yeah. team is really gonna love you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to the, the, uh, it's my turn? the commentary. Are you ready? You have Nasus and Shaco. Wait, do I have to do both? You can pick one. Um, Luka went above and beyond. He okay, tried to okay, double I'll down see, we'll see what happens. bonus we'll points. You're you 40 seconds. Which, who are you going to start with? I'm going to start with Shago. Okay, ready, set, go. I think in certain compositions, Shago would be really interesting if you ran him with like an Ivern support. So think about like Unsealed Spellbook Ivern with uh, Smite. And then you go and you set up the jungle. So Shaco has his boxes and you can make sure that you have level one strong invade. I don't know where you're getting it with Shaco and Ivern, but maybe the rest of the, the champions on your 5v5. You walk in and you split the jungle where Shaco starts one side, Ivern starts the other side. And you just, just try to hard the enemy jungler by taking all of the camps and then late game Shaco will just like one shot an ADC so I guess that's what you're aiming for uh Nasus I guess let's try to run him in support <laughs> where's Betsy we need the Nasus uh, yeah, just put all of your points into of wither <laughs> all right you got I'll give you one I'm gonna say the Nasus one wasn't in detail what do you mean I told you to run him oh Nasus yeah you got 40 seconds you're Shaco yeah, I like one could, could be I can see it do you so here's uh, the question here's the question do you Drop boxes at the camp and then have Ivern start it so that like the Shaco box. No, no, you have to start them separately. Oh yeah, so what, Ivern can't even leash for Shaco. So what some of the Vietnamese teams were doing and um, Snake because they have SOFM and so they used to scrim is they would do Rengar Ivern, um, but Ivern support with Unsealed Spellbook with the Smite. Oh yeah, we, we are doing that too. The Babush Cat. <laughs> We tried Ivan Rangar bot lane, me and Ender. It's really bad. It's, it sounds like it would be so good, though. <laughs> they pick they pick Kaylin and you just instantly But lose. they just hard push against <laughs> you and then they get to use the bushes. Uh, and they would literally just try to, like, split the jungle um, and eat as much farm as possible. I don't know if it would work with Shaco because I don't think his early skirmishing is, is, uh, is very good against some of the current junglers. Tell me this, Bergs. If you had to pick, it, would you, you try, did you... Would you try Shaco? Is this a champion that G2 would consider trying? Or is this champion just like too far gone? Not to give anything away. Because I think you guys are like the mastermind. So if you haven't practiced literally every champion in the game, Shaco, I'll be surprised. I mean, I can see it like top, bot maybe. Maybe support or top lane, Shaco. I can see it. Support Shaco. God. Yeah. I that excites me for the future. All right. Well, at the end of the day, I'm going to give it to Luca because at the, the Riot's uh, games balance team, makes every champion OP on release is like classic Reddit narrative, by the way. Been a little true recently, Akali. Um, Yumi. I mean, it's, Yumi. it's uh, okay. It's like, maybe it's not always OP Yumi was bad. Release, and then she but was then really like, good. they buff it within, within a day and then it's like giga OP. I think that was like, same with Atrox, the, the rework Atrox and same with Yumi. And, mm. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. I think it makes, honestly, 
people complain about it, but I think it makes sense. Like you can only balance a champion out if it's actually strong and then you bring it down a bit, you know? So yeah, I, personally, I don't mind it. I think how it's, busted is Mickey's Yumi? And how busted are you with Yumi? Okay, it's actually really, really, really insane. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to go into details, but like me with Yumi and Mickey with Yumi, it's, it's really nice. We had to ban it this week because I didn't want to go into a situation where we are playing because we only like had two days of streams, right? Mm -hmm. So we're like, it's a different patch. So if you play against Yumi and somehow we get cheese or something, like and you want some more practice on it, but yeah. I can't wait to play with Yumi on stage. Like honestly, it's just really, it's really fun. It's really broken, Yumi. So I don't really want to play against it, but you know. It's obnoxious. It is what it is. It's obnoxious as hell. I hate starting to lose lane against the Yumi. I feel like there's literally nothing you can do once you start losing against that champion. On to the main topic of the day, AD carry versus mid lane. Perks, you've come out in a couple of different interviews to talk about the differences. Um, sometimes you're like, AD carries are bad, mid laners are better. Sometimes you're like, all right, mid laners are better because they, they have X, Y, and Z. So let's, let's settle it. Let's talk about the differences. Um, overall, what, what do you think is the biggest difference between mid laners and AD carries now that you've played both roles? Well, honestly, I don't even know what's like the biggest difference mm. uh, because there's like a lot of differences, but a lot of similarities as well. I would say maybe the biggest, okay, the biggest difference and the most obvious one is the bot lane you are two as one. In yeah. the mid lane, you are just one and one. I mean, there is like, every lane can interfere in the mid lane because it's in the middle, but you are like laning one and one. In the bot lane, you lane as two, but you have to lane as one. It doesn't make sense. Like everything mm -hmm. you do needs to be together. The way you move, the way you do your laning phase, it's just everything is synchronized. How and do you tell Mickey when you guys want to trade? Are you just do you actually say like we're going for the trade now? Are you just keep track of cooldowns? We, we are we are just we are just um, good on our own, so we kind of know when to trade, and then we just trade together or like we do stuff together, and that's because we are just good at the game, right? And sometimes when we don't do it, then we go over it in review and. He tells me, oh, maybe you can do this. And then I tell him, uh, I, especially now when, when there is pro view, I watch my landing phase. And from like each point of view, from like him, from Mickey, I watch from Mickey point of view. So I watch like point of views to see what I can do better and what we can do to punish enemy bottom better. And it's very, uh, it's very, it's in, a way, in a way it's very nice to play as a duel because it requires way more teamwork. And like, I feel like it's more skill to play well together. So it's kind of more rewarding in a sense as well because mm -hmm. it's like you do something with someone else and you're not alone. So that's like the nice part, you know? But at the same time, it's also the bad part <laughs> because you're not alone. You're, you're not your own, you know? You have to, you always depend on your support. And that's where like the middle comes out, you know? That's where like, oh yeah, but I, I really don't feel like we can do, I can do anything alone, you know? But together we are so much better. So besides when I play mages, when I play mages, Mickey knows already I will bomb into the lane, so <laughs> it's, it's fine. Well, uh, I have a couple of questions. Yeah, I have a ton too. Oh, we okay. got plenty here. And obviously, like, I don't want you to give any, like, of your strategies away or anything like that. But my first question is, how many matchups do you think are support dependent or ADC dependent in terms of where the trading windows are? Like, who actually wins the matchup for you? Um, and then... Second question. Oh, answer that one first, and then we'll get to the second <laughs> question. Uh, I have so yeah. many questions. Well, I think, I think it depends on lane. Uh, I think it's... A lot of times it's together, but a lot, a lot of times it's just better support matchup moving because, uh, yeah, Eddie carries should just mostly focus on like pushing the waves and dodging skill shots. That's how it goes. And supports are the ones who are like giving you lane presence by walking up or like taking trades and just knowing when to all in. So I would say it's like, let's say 65% support and 35 AD. I think it's like that. Depending on lanes as well. Let's say in a lot of lanes, it can be the AD carry walking up as well, like in Zara Khan lanes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know, lanes where you can dash in and stuff. So, Are there any matchups that are player dependent? Like if you know that you're against X AD carry player that... Oh, there is a lot of them. That you can then decide to be like what's normally a support-based matchup where it's like normally the support who creates the zone, but because you know that that AD carry that you could just bully him around that you suddenly become like the... Oh, oh, I, I don't think it's exactly like that. I think it's more like if I know that enemy support is worse, then it's it's a lot easier for me to play already. Because mm -hmm. the AD... Because you know you Okay, I can punished. actually I can actually see 
I, I thought there is because for a long time I, there, I didn't think there was like much differences between AD carries. I didn't really see what someone does good or bad. But I can see when I'm playing against a bad player that to compare to when I'm playing passive player compared to when I'm playing against <laughs> a good player. So that's that's one thing I can see. But there's also like small differences between the good players as well. But it's not that big of an AD as is like in support. You can really see which support does something online and which which does not. So that's like the difference. Mm. When you're playing a mage, like when you take your sender down to the bot lane, does Mickey need to do anything there? Like how much does that change Mickey's responsibility to the team when you're on a mage versus like an ADC? Uh, well, he has to do something, right? <laughs> I mean, we're laying together. <laughs> but um, he has, I feel like, a lot more agency and that's how he feels as well. That he just feels the lane is really free. I mean, that's what he tells me, right? Mm. I mean, if you play mage, any lane is really free. So you can also think about doing stuff outside of the box, which is like not that, no, not, not that normal. And then we, yeah, it also, I mean, depends. Like if he has like a really bad support matchup, then it's still going to be hard for me, even though, because I'm basically laying like one or two, like, like literally. And with some champs, I can actually just easily do it. But yeah, some not really. How much of that is you, Perks, being a very experienced mid laner and now, now an AD carry, and how much of that is like a champion like Syndra? Like, is it is it the champion that allows you to play a lane in like that 2v1 situation, or is it like I they have no idea what this champion does, and I know everything about this champion? I mean, it's just, it's just me, right? It's I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know You're what to say. My <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't know what to say, right? It's I mean, it's it's true, like because I I've seen other botlands try to pick up stuff mm. for me, and. It just, it's just so funny to my eyes. So, it, it, it's, it's not like it's, Syndra's it's, wave clear. It's, it's not her it's, range. No, I think Syndra is strong. Yeah, yeah. I think Syndra is strong. But there is a difference between like an AD carry Syndra player and a mid lane Syndra player. And there's also a difference between like a good mid laner Syndra player and a very good mid laner Syndra player. So there's like, there's you can always see differences mm -hmm. and especially in the mages because like the way you use skills is very, very important. It's not about hitting minions or like, it's just the way you position yourself online and the way you aim them. You, it's it's different than playing AD carry where you just have to auto attack, right? I mean, there's difference with some AD carries too. The ones where you can like actually use stuff on lane, like for example, Zaya mm. is one of my favorite ones because of the zone you can create on lane by just being very good at her. And there's not many AD carries that can actually do that, you know? So, yeah, that's why I like Zaya, for example. Yeah. So, in terms of like when you walk into a lane and you're thinking about like where your power windows are and levels, um, I don't know if it was you who said it, the quote, um, but I remember this idea of in a mid lane, when you walk in, like level one starts at level one, but as an ADC, there's a lot of ADCs that just kind of believe that they don't really need to do something until either they get like in the quirky days, it was like level four or they get their first item or they're going into team fights. Like, do you walk into lane as an ADC in the same way that a mid laner wouldn't be like level one matters, level two matters and see that maybe your opponents aren't thinking that way? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of I think teams are actually thinking like like I think Botlands must think that. I mean, like everyone thinks about the level one. It's important for a laning phase, you know. And sometimes they don't really play it as they should. But it's like it just depends on the bot. It's some, same as midland. Like it's like I've made like a lot of interviews where like oh yeah, Botlands versus midland, blah blah, you know. But it's like not not. It's like they're still like the, their own lane. A mid lane is still the own lane, and there is still a difference between like playing against a good mid laner and against a bad mid laner. Same with bot lane. It's just the same but different, right? So I, I think level one matters, but it also is so, so much uh, matchup dependent. You don't really mm -hmm. see the, the true skill at level ones often. So, but level one to three, you can see, let's say if someone plays a good matchup, but they do some like small mistakes on lane, even level one, they will still win the level one, but you can still be like, oh yeah, this lane is going to be really free because of the way they play level one, you know? It's not about who wins level one, it's about how you actually play it. So, and that's how it was in mid as well, right? That's how it is for every role, I feel like. You can just see, I mean, I can see when I'm laning. In the first, like, 20 seconds of lane, I can see if they're going to be good or bad. Do you have, like, a good example of <clears throat> anything that you brought from mid lane into the bottom lane outside of picks that, like... What did you felt like was new knowledge or that like helped you become a better bottom laner that was something that like other bottom laners didn't have whether it was like map awareness or is there like a specific way that you know how to play the lane that you learned in mid lane is there anything like that uh, I mean I think laning phase uh, I think I'm just good at laning phase mm. in general what uh, makes up like the qualities of you being good at lane phase for like you know your average solo queue player or your average fan back at home like why is perks good at lane phase 
I mean, it's hard to say, right? I don't really know why I'm good at what I do. I just like practice a lot, train a lot. I got better throughout the years. Each year I got better, you know? And like last year is when I truly felt I was good. Like 2018 summer split was when the first time I actually felt like, oh yeah, I'm really good. You know, this is when I actually started really enjoying, like really enjoying the game and being like, I feel like I can get better at so many small things, but I feel like, yeah, I'm really good and I'm better than others, you know? That's actually the first time I was like, I'm really, like, really good. Is this like, um, like when to know when to trade or to yeah, just, like just cool downs like, or just, like in, I mean, it's hard. It's a bit different from, from me to both now because I'm still learning because there's so many matchups because there's two, two support and like support and AD both matter together. So there's like so many v variables of what you can actually play. That's only, that's like even only with the AD carries and supports. And if you put majors into that, it's like even more. But that's like a different story because not many, not like no one plays majors, so it's fine for me. But uh, for Midland, I kind of knew my, when I was going to game, I knew how my matchup was gonna play out like level one to eighteen. Like I already knew, I already knew the, how the whole game was gonna go, and I was going to game. And uh, that's not something I had for Bolton. I, I kind of know more now, right? But I come, they came with a lot of experience and like just playing the matchups, right? And and then. I would kind of expect how the matchup would go, and very often someone would make a like. It's like I would expect how the matchup would go in a perfect scenario. If this guy is perfect and I'm perfect, this is how the matchup will go. And then there is like jungle interference, uh, support interference, mistakes that happen on lane, and stuff like that. And then you have to take everything into account and play the game like that. But uh, as for Botlane, it's a bit different for me. Right. <laughs> How much information um, do you need to like cipher from Mickey? Because I'm assuming then you have all these variables of like, I need to know exactly what all the ADC champions do, what all the mid lane champions and how they play bottom, and then like all of the support champions. And do you like personally study into what the support champions are doing to you? Or do you look and rely on Mickey to like give you that information of, you know, his cooldowns are this, he wants to trade on these levels, this is when he's going to go for the all in. I mean, it depends. It's like so. It's it's so much. I honestly, I think I could like write a book on like League of Legends. Please. I could write a book on League of Legends, and it would be like one thousand pages. It's like, it's it's so much information, so much differences. But like, let's say at the beginning, it was a lot of times Mickey telling me when to trade, and that's like okay. So he was telling me when he was just telling me trade now, and I would play the trades like. Perfectly. I mean, okay, let's, I don't want to say perfectly, but I would trade them really good, you know? I would yeah. play them really well mechanically, and I would not always know when to trade, right? And he was just telling me when to trade, and he, that's why we were doing well. But as time went on, and also playing with a different support, I think really helped me grow as a botner, and that's why it's like a bad thing in disguise is actually a good thing, you know? Like, because mm -hmm. uh, his wrist injury actually helped me become a lot better at Botman than I would maybe with him if I was just, just kept playing with him, you know? I think I, I grew a lot from that. And I kind of know just when to trade. And I now, I mean, ever since MSI screams, like before MSI and stuff, I've, I get, I had more agency in lane in terms of I will be calling when I want to trade and what I want to do. And yeah. That's that's like the the small the small difference. Um, sir, good sir. You had like two, and you just keep going. Color caster, play by play caster. Color play, okay. Are there any champions that you just hate playing because they don't give you the same agency? So you talked about like Zaya's zone control and everything. Color caster question, give by the way. In a lane. <laughs> um, but Which champions do you like? <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Go. Good no, question. but it's the idea of um, like there are certain ADCs that feel like they just don't have a lot of power in lane to the same extent that like Zaya has power. Uh, in lane. I mean, for example, I actually just I just enjoy in general. I just enjoy League of Legends, so I like to I would like to play every champion to its mastery, and that's like what kind of gives me the joy. Where like whatever champ I play, I want to play it as perfect as possible this game. So I don't really mind. But then like if I'm thinking about if I actually care about the game, let's say like playoffs or something. I'm always thinking about how do I get lane pressure? Like how do I pick a champ to get lane pressure, whether that's my own or as a bot and duel where like support has a lot of agency as well. I don't really mind uh, like being the stronger in lane or not, as long as we have the stronger lane as a duo. So uh, yeah, I always trust in Miki to play well and he performs, you know? So it's, it's I think it's bot lane is a lot about trust, you know? And that's why mm -hmm. we like in together too, you know? Like we, we had a game, against uh, Pongu Buffalo where I died level one. 
I just from both an experience, you know, because I, I started, I didn't, I started like, I don't know, cure double or something in Lucian, and Shen just told me level one, I just only level one. And I'm like, after that, I'm like, wait, what the fuck did I not start to eat? Like, what is wrong with me, you know? Like, what is actually like, like, am I just stupid or what, you know? And then uh, Mickey also missed his E, like on Galleon. And then he's like, no, it's my bad as well. But I'm like, no, but I should really start E, you know? So after that game, I kind of made a rule to myself and like, with Mickey, we always talk while we start level one. And what enemy started that one, like always, always, always. And that's like a very good rule to have, you know? And it's like the small things I learn like every day, you know, or like yeah. by mistakes, you know? So, yeah. I love that example. And that was kind of tying into my question. As I just, I like hearing about these experiences where you've like, where you as a player that's like learning the role, right, on a very high tier team have have failed in one instance where you don't take Lucian E at level one or like the communication isn't quite there. Do you have any other examples of things that you learned either at MSI or here in LEC Playing bot lane, whether it's like matchup specific that you mm -hmm. can share or well, ma matchups is like honestly, it's quite it's quite easy for me to lane bot. Uh, I I don't I mean I already already, already <laughs> sound confident or arrogant, you know. <laughs> but like for example, there is like matchups that are like so easy to play. Yeah, that's like let's say Varus Brown against Ashtam or something like that. That's like bot laners have been playing it for like four years, mm -hmm. but I literally played it like for this matchup first time in MSI, and I was winning my lane. Maybe because of the matchup was supposed to be in my lane. Like I was just playing how I think it should be played out. You know, so I feel like I have like good idea of how lane should be played out, even if I'm playing it first time. And that's I think my biggest strength, I would say, is that I have this. And but then I again, if I play the same matchup like five times, I feel so, so comfortable playing it. And that's the biggest thing about Bodland that I actually don't like is that I am playing so many different matchups that I can't always play to my limits and know how actually it goes to perfection. Whereas if I was playing Midland, as I said, I would know how the matchup would go level 1 to 18 and then I would even be able to like take jungle collations, everything else in the game. I'll be able to calculate in my, in my head, right? But as for Bodland, it's like a lot more on the fly and just about not making a mistake if I'm playing a new matchup. But if I'm playing a matchup I already know how to play, then I'm like 100% sure we're going to win. One of the differences, do you want to go first? No, it's fine. I already it's, it's fine. One of the differences that people um, usually think is there for mid laners is they always bring up that mid laners are like way better at building like a stronger champion pool because like every time the meta shifts, they have to pick up five or six new champions. Uh, and people think that bot laners are like just generally not strong. And they use the mage play as an example, right? Where bot laners pick up mages because all, all AD carriers do the same thing for the most part. Um, is like a general sentiment that I hear a lot. Do you think that's true? Do you think that like being a mid laner has given you that strength? Or do you think now that you've played bot lane that you, is bot lane maybe more complicated because you need to know both your matchup, your support matchup and all the 2v2s? I mean, for sure, mid lane is like more, more complicated role. It's more influential, more complicated. It's been like so strong and it's like only been like stronger in the past. Like it's actually mm. crazy to think that like in season six, like mid was like so fucking OP. <laughs> And like I was so boosted back then, so if I was like any good, I would like if I was like this good not then I would probably just mummy in the whole tournament. So it's like insane how OP this role is, you know. And it's like uh, when I was playing mid, I knew it was OP, right? Obviously, like I I thought we could win every game because I knew it was OP. Like mid jungle is just what it, what it takes, you know. And um, I do think that every other role has its place in the game and is important. But the most teams is just like if you're a good team, you will win off mid jungle priority. That's mm -hmm. how it goes. And it's been like that for a long time, you know, and it will keep being like that because Midland is Midland. It's the center of the map. And it just makes sense that the center of the map can influence the, every every part of the game, like jungle, bot, top. It can influence everything. So, yeah. I was going to have you rank the LEC bot lanes. Ooh. LEC bot lanes? Yeah, okay. and you don't have to rank Mickey and you because I'm just going to assume that Mickey okay. you at the top. So, like... Rank, let's say the next three to four bot lanes, or just the ones Is that like, like really stand teams out. Is there something? Yeah, there's, you can see the teams uh, behind you. Those are the okay. current. Those should be the current standings. And okay, uh, okay. well, I think um, Origin bot lane is the best. Uh, reasoning is they try a lot on lane. Like sometimes they make mistakes, you know, but they actually try. They push you, that kind of thing, as a mm -hmm. duo, not just as a uh, individuals they push you as a duo and I think they draft well I think that's something I mean I know Mitty right I, I know him personally like for a long time and I know that he's super smart so he knows 
how to draft and how how the game is supposed to be played. He's just a very good player. So yeah, I have a lot of respect for Origin Bolton, and I think they are the best, even though they sometimes they ain't. And then I would say, I mean, I don't know. Judging by stage, I would probably say Fnatic Bolton because. Again, I feel like Fnatic and Schalke Bolton are kind of similar. And I think Fnatic Bolton just drafts better. And yeah, I think Hildesang is probably like one of the better, I mean, like one of the best supports. Like, if not the best, besides Miki. I think Miki, then Hildesang, and then Miti are like the top three supports. So the Boltons already like decided a lot by the supports, right? Mm. And after, yeah, so it's like Fnatic Bolton would probably be third. I think the biggest problem with them is their champion pool is like they draft very well in this in this meta but it's like if it's like different meta then they might have like struggles right yeah. like right now Sivir and Zaya are one of the strongest 80s and they fit very well with Hillisang champion pool which is like playmaking like Trash, Nautilus, Rakan so right now I would say it's Fnatic's best meta and they should do good and Schalke yeah I think Apsa can play all champions like pretty much anything and Ignar is like a good support so I think they Play well together, but I haven't. I didn't really like their their draft and stage. So, and lastly, they haven't really been doing much aggressive lanes, like not aggressive lanes, winning lanes either. So, I I can't. I don't really like. I'm not really. I'm never really scared of them doing something. I feel fine playing as them. So I would rate them like the lowest out of those. And after that, honorable mention to Eskebotten. I think Dreams plays well, and I think Dreams is really really good mechanically, and Crownly tries. <laughs> he tries, so I mean I think he's good too, right? But he tries like a bit too hard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Besides that, I feel like the other Boltons just don't try as hard. Mm. <clears throat> so, one player that showed up on on your list that that didn't show up, and I think surprised some people, is Patrick. So I'd love to know because we didn't actually. He said Patrick. No, 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 no. He yeah, he said Patrick, but he didn't show up on our top twenty list. I tried to put pa okay, so I tried to put Patrick because I think Patrick's really good, but Vettius and Ender both talked me out of it because like there's no way you could put Patrick. Yeah, but it's your list, girl. Yeah, but I was not <laughs> yeah, like so, at the end of the day, you put it, it out with your name. And here's on. the funny thing: our list went through like Deficio, Vettius, Ender. Like this was a the bigger crime is that they didn't notice that I forgot Jazuki. <laughs> yeah, that was what yeah. forgot had he, forgot him. He had Yamato like voice his list, and Yamato didn't even say like why is it Jazuki oh, anyway. Anyway. He's nah. on the list. No, uh, I, I'm really happy that you said Origins bot lane. I think Mithy gets a lot of credit for that, and Mithy is, like, really good, but I've actually been super impressed with Patrick, and it's easy now because he just had that incredible Ezreal game against you guys um, and your incredible Zaya game. But, like, Patrick is so underrated. So no. that's, what, yeah, that's what I want to hear from Perks. It's like, where, where do you think, um, if you had to rate just AD carry players and not bot lanes overall, do you still think Patrick is in the top three, top four? Yeah, I think I think that's for sure. I think... If I had to rate individually AD carries, it would mm. be like upset, then Patrick, then Reckless. Mm. I think because Patrick plays a lot of champions, right? And he, as I said, he tries like hard to actually do good on lane. And he's not like just accepting the loss or like he's trying to make difference, even though, I mean, it doesn't always succeed, right? But he tries and that's what I think is important to become a good player, like to become very, very good. And yeah, I, 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 I respect him because it's hard. It's, I mean, it's not hard, but it's like harder to draft against Origin Bolton than against Fnatic Bolton. And it's like mm -hmm. so big difference as well. Like he will like, he's not afraid of playing champs like Draven or Kalista and he's actually good at them as well. So he, I just know he can play champions that others like maybe can't, right? So yeah. that's what I think gives him the edge in other, on other players. Nice. The one last one that I want to bring up is someone that wasn't on your list that was very high on our top 20, both of ours, and that's Kabe. Is Kabe, you mentioned that these guys are all, all the bot lanes you put very high are willing to try, willing to go for aggressive plays, willing to, you know, to take risks. Uh, Crown Shot, your honorable mention, maybe too much. Um, is Kabe just a player that you think isn't willing to take those risks? Why didn't he show up on that immediate top Oh, place? I think Kabe is good. Uh, I just think him and Norskern as a duo are not that good. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least from laning phase. I think they do well actually outside of lane, and I think Kabe plays team fights well. I think he kind of knows what to do as, as in like an AD carry, but I just don't... Uh, their laning phase is not like nearly as good as other Botlands, mm -hmm. and that's what is the most important in the game since so long. Like since always, laning phase is important. There is like very rarely do you actually like if you are a bad team, you can win. If you are like bad team against bad team, you can win outside of laning phase. 
and you can win by team fighting and playing well, right? This is how Kobe carried many games for Splice. But if you're playing against a good team, you will never win if you're losing lane. So that's where Splice Wall needs to step up. I think it's the lane phase, and yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's why I'm ra I'm rating them lower than mm -hmm. other buttons. Yeah, and I mean, we've obviously seen snowballing not quite as insane as it was, I think, at the start of spring, but still very, very strong. Uh, now we get to go to my favorite part, which is Twitter questions. We've answered some of your questions over the course of the day. Um, Frosco, I want your help in picking a few, but we'll start with the easy. We'll start with the gimme question, which is talk to us about Uma Jan. Talk to us about. <laughs> so I don't. You know this is a meme, right? Because I know yeah. I, I've heard different versions. So can you just explain to us as quickly the origin story? Yeah, I was uh, I was struggling like a lot in solo queue. Yeah, <laughs> in my motivation, and then like I went to like random name generator. Yeah, and I got this name Uma Jan, and it like Uma looked Jan. so nice, you know. It just looks, it just looks nice. It does look nice. And then I had like a really nice icon with it as well. I'm like, okay, this is kind of catchy, you know? And then I just started using it as a meme. Yeah, yeah. Because people were asking what it means. And it didn't mean shit. So I didn't really know what to say, <laughs> what it means. So I was just making, like, I was just memeing everything, you know? So, and now it's it's like kind of true, you know? It's like, it's not what it means, it's what it represents. <laughs> and it represents, like, the new age of Portland. It's a new generation. And it's like, oh no more farming for late game. The game starts level one. The shit's going down in early game. Like, yeah. That was like the most Batman it. answer I've I, ever heard. I love heard. it so much because the Reddit threads are so full of it. And all the <laughs> answers are so over the top. And I didn't know how much came from you versus how much people were just making up. But it's so on point. You're so aligned in that it's like, this is the future of bot lane. This is everything. There is no more passively. There is, this is teleports at level three. Bot lane is a new lane. <laughs> Type. Okay. So the ones that I picked are uh, why. So it says, why did he pick Mickey as a support and not someone else? And how much has having Mickey helped him become such a great bot laner in such a small amount of time? And from user 11th hour at we hit the ground. Uh, well, it was quite uh, it was quite an easy pick. Uh, I, I think he. I just thought he was the best. As did I you said, actually get to pick him? Like, did you have a strong voice in yeah, the yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 and. Uh, um, I mean, I, the whole year I've been looking him play, uh, watching him play. Also, I went to, uh, like, we went to bootcamp together in off-season because, like, we wanted to just play solo in Korea. And I saw him play with Hans, and they were, like, I, I told Miki was really good, right? And then I saw Miki have, like, a mental kind of breakdown kind of thing. And, and Miki was, like, inting all games, but it did not stop me from thinking that he's the best because... A lot of things happen under like bad team environment, stressful team environment. Um, just in general, like it's harder to perform when things are not going well and think people don't know how to deal with it. And I thought that in the G2 environment, he would be the best support. And there is actually an interview I said earlier. I don't know. Someone asked me like maybe it was Riot features even, and I actually said that I think Miki has the easiest way to become the best in the role out of all of us just because of how talented he is and mm. the proportion of how unskilled support is. I had to mention it because he's just so much, I think, so much more talented than other supports. Like, yeah. I think props to Hildesang and Miki there, and Miti there. They're like, I think they're, they're good, but I think Miki is like really good. And... Uh, it was just, yeah, it was just, it was just an, like, as I said, if I see someone play, I know if he's good or not. And I could see Miki play, and I was like, okay, this guy is really insane. So if I'm going to play Botland, I need to play with someone who can, like, match up with my, my aggressiveness, you know? <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah, because you're an aggressive willing, player. <laughs> my willing to win. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I was not going to go bot to just become an average Botlaner or, uh, yeah, just this, you know? I'm it, actually, it was going to be to to win. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see both you succeed in bottling because it's just a cool like, damn the narrative as much as you want. But it's cool to see you play a role swap and be so successful. And also for Mickey, who was kind of always floating below a lot of the big name supports in Europe, because while he was this cool hype playmaker, he never quite had his moments to shine. Like he had one or two on Splice, he had one or two on Misfits, where people were like, wow, this guy's really smurfing. But he'd never been on a team that was like consistently good. Yeah. So I think it's it's good to see him get that success after what has been. I think. Yeah, he, I'm really happy for him. Yeah. He's such a nice guy as well. Like, uh, and he's so handsome as well. Just had to mention so handsome. there. 
Yeah. Really bad at Fortnite, though. Like, atrociously bad at Fortnite. From EU mid abuser and at Chovy is good. <laughs> we kind of went the other there's, way. There's back. a little bit of conflict there in the name versus the tag. Did you maybe hot swap after that you saw MSI? Uh, IG, SKT, and TL seem to have fallen off considerably after MSI. Why do you think it is, and how can you guys still look so good? Well, uh, honestly, <laughs> this is this is such a hard question, and I don't know. I'm so grateful, right, that we are actually so good, because it was like it was such a struggle last year, like being successful and then being like really boosted, because I could see like what we were doing, and now everything just like everything just clicked from the first get go, because everyone was very experienced already and knew how to play, and then we just had to like glance things out you know and make sure that we are like we have a lot of things to work on still but it's like it's just uh, quite insane how well we play with how little time and it's not something usually EU teams do you know in, or like even teams in general even Asian teams so I think it's a mix of our love for the game in general everyone like plays a lot of solo queue even like in the off season or like whenever we have time to play, we just basically play. And that also leads us sometimes to burnout, but like we do a lot of stuff together, so it's fine, you know? But uh, yeah, I don't know, everyone is just really good. Everyone is the best in their role, and we can all play champions, and that, so even if like the meta changes, we will be able to adapt and be best at those champions. And that's why I think it didn't matter if we had practice or not, for this, that's for the start of summer. How confident are you in uh, taking home like the World Cup? Dang. Well, <laughs> well it's a, it's like a it's the like Summoners a, Cup. Well, by the it's way. such an easy question because <laughs> if I asked him like if World started today, he'd be like yes, which clearly yes, he would have taken home Worlds if it started <laughs> yes, today. Yes, clearly real MSI trophy. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's like, uh, I mean, I'm very confident. Like, I'm just gonna say I'm very confident, right? And. Yeah, if we could win with three months of practice, why would not be able to win with six months of practice, you know? And then, But the thing is, it all comes down to such, like, small things as competitor where, like, you just have to keep thinking how do you win every single day. And I have this, like, very, very like, insane drive to just win. I had it for a long time, so... Uh, and the MSI didn't really, like, satisfy me at all. If you'd gone through IG, so, would it have satisfied you? Uh, yeah, it would have. I think I want to beat LPL because I think LPL is the best region. That's so, <laughs> so beating LPL would like mean that like, for me it would mean that we are the best. Like I, I, I like, yeah, I think that winning worlds versus someone like IG or RNG in final would just be like, yeah, we've done it. You know, <laughs> it's 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 on. You know, hell yeah, dude. So yeah. Well, before we have one last thing to do today. And it's and it's a bet. Um, What's the bet? And the bet's gonna bring us back to LEC because while I'm reasonably sure you're gonna go to Worlds at this point, you technically haven't qualified. I'm reasonably yet. sure they're gonna win Worlds at this point. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen they IG. They're not looking great. Yeah, yeah. looking good though. You still have like eight weeks of Rangers looking really good and playoffs to go through. Um, so as you've noticed, we have cutouts of some of the most iconic European players: Reckless, Caps, best oh, they friends. They're so cute together. Um, <laughs> there's one player who's missing who might need to be on that wall, and it's you. So, are you willing to bet on the, the G2 perfect split? Is this the perfect split? Yeah. This is the 18-0. Yeah, this is the 18-0. So here's the stakes: if you win, you're cut out on that wall forever. We'll get you a cutout. It'll look great. I has to be bigger than them as well, because the Reckless is a bit taller here, so I have to be like. Over them. Slightly larger perks cut out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's the deal. If if you lose, we'll get you the same size cutout, <laughs> but we get to dress him up in different ridiculous <laughs> outfits whenever we feel like it, and you will never look normal on our set. <laughs> One day you'll have like, you know, like a hula shirt. The next day you'll be like in a tuxedo. <laughs> we'll get you like, we'll fake Photoshop some muscles on. You'll be in like a speed. Like, that's the stakes. You either get to look good and look regal on the set forever, or we get to use you as a perpetual tool to embarrass you for like a year. Yeah, I, th I think that's fine. <laughs> I, I can take that. I'm, I'm confident I can zero. Unless our, our teammates decide, me, decide to int me now and just 
yeah, make sure I look like a fool on the Euphoria cast every every week. So it's just one game. That's all they have to win. As soon as they Honestly, lock in actually, first. The, oh no, this, this bet is, actually, this bet is looking kind of rough now. I think it's like with cups on my team, it's not looking like I'm gonna make it. Uh, but I think you're just gonna decide you, to, to ruin it for, for one game. You gonna do it? You down? Yeah, I'm down. Of course. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm gonna carry anyway. So it's all fine. right. Uh, if you have any ideas of, it will be a card cardboard cutout most likely like this so if you have any ideas for how we can dress perks up in the event that he does not get the perfect split please let me know can we, uh, so far all i really have is hawaiian shirt can so. we put him in a fanatic jersey no that would be i think that no carlos would not like that <laughs> no, no, i think we're gonna piss teams off i don't want to we can make perks sad we can't make Car carlos don't want to make carlos sad speaking of making carlos happy is there any uh, shout outs you want to do perks yeah, any episode? Outs? yeah i will do a shout out to my to my boss carlos my my big boss Carlos, uh, he's a good owner. You know, nice. he gives me what I need to there succeed. So <laughs> it sound like you're a rabbit in a cage. <laughs> he's a good owner. I think I think I think Carlos is is great, right? Because he is ever ever since I joined, he's like given me what I need to succeed. Basically, like even it looked like very like kind of like. Undoable, like I say, like getting Zona meeting in mm -hmm. the middle of like the year, basically, and then yeah, getting this roster as well. Yeah, so I always have the support I need to actually succeed. And even when I like we don't do well or something, he like makes sure that I'm doing well, you know. But I'm I'm always fine, you know. But there's times where I'm not always fine. So uh, Carlos is just supportive, and that's like what I think is the most important of a team owner. And that's like what every team owner should actually look to be is like become like a friend to your team rather than like an owner, you know? So mm. yeah, big shout out to Carlos and to g2esports.com slash shop. You can get our spring collection, uh, spring collection t-shirts. They're kind of nice. And yeah. I'm just, that was, that was, <laughs> I, the Carlos one was very genuine and heartfelt and I sincerely appreciate that. I was just giving you an opportunity to do the g2esports.com slash shop meme, but that was so rehearsed. Like the second you went into your g2esports.com, I'm like, you have been trained to say that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Media training for your players. Uh, hashtag sellout. Um, also, that's going to be it for Euphoria season four, episode two. Um, thank you again. Thank you guys for, for joining, joining me. Us. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you, thank you for, for the discussion. Uh, it was great having you guys on the, the Yeah, it was good. Here. Good having you. <laughs> yeah, Draco's can good. you just shut up for a bit? <laughs> I, at this point, I'm just like, Parks is just number one. Just put him number one on the list. We can't beat. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's not. I feel like that. <laughs> we'll worry about our integrity as analysts later. No, but you should go back and listen to the section. We do talk mighty highly of you. <laughs> At number 13. <laughs> Which I might admit, anyway, that's going to do it oh, for us fine, on season fine, four, guys. episode I, two. I don't have to listen to the, like, my ego, my ego will get boosted on if you guys talk highly on me. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll see you later.